Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. You need their permission, and it's not, yeah, man, just go ahead, put me in the video. No, no, you got to get that waiver signed. That, that's why you see things on TV with people's faces blurred out. All. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network. Hi, everybody. My name is Joe Burns, and sitting to my left, as always, is... Monique Gregoire. Hiya, dear. How are you? Good weekend. We have a third person in the studio with us this time. You are... David Perricone. Dave Perricone. Now, you... Are you still doing it, or are you used to do a radio show on this here radio radio station? I used to do the Bluegrass Hour on this here radio station. It's... I uh, don't do any new ones anymore, but it's still in syndication. Okay. The, the repeats. Now, are you still doing your online stuff? Guitar talk, band? Joe Talk, that kind of stuff. Have you uh, continued with that? Yes, I do. It doesn't come out quite as often. It's kind of a monthly thing now. Yeah, well, good. And lots of sponsorships with that. You, yeah, I like that you keep sending me things to do for that. Yes. <laughs> I like that behind-the-scene type stuff. Now, why is Dave Perricone here? Well, over the summer, if you've listened to Rock School for any long period of time, you know that I like to, during the summer, do one quite extended show that takes at least three or four shows to complete. Last year we did everything, the history of everything on a stage. We've done a song for every number one through 100. We've done a song for uh, each one of the 50 states. I still have it in my mind that uh, I should go around the globe and try to find a hit from every single nation on earth. However, I haven't had the time to put that one together. But this extended show will be, and that's the reason I brought in Dave Perricone, you are a musician. Yes. You are going to record your first demo, uh, or you know, a demo. Not doesn't even have to be your first. Mm-hmm. What are you interested in? What are all the things you have to be concerned about? What are all the things that are coming into play? Has Nod, your husband's band, recorded a demo? Several. Several. Okay, mm-hmm. well, these are the things that all have to come into place. We're going to talk all the legal. We're going to talk setting up your own studio or choosing a studio, why you would choose one studio over another. We're going to talk about how to record. Do you want to live record? Do you want to record in sections? All these things. And the reason Dave is here is because you have built studios. You have done all this recording. Worked in studios since 1983. Excellent. So you are going to be sort of the voice of reason that when I start to really take off on a tangent and am wrong, you can pull me back and uh, tell me all about these things. Is it so, okay if I let you go a little too far and then I get to make fun of you? It's be, that would be more entertaining for the audience. Awesome. Great. We're going to start with what happens before you even step into the studio and we'll do that next. But first, we're going to play a song. Now, because this is a show about recording, Every song we play is going to be prefaced with an isolated track. I grabbed about 20 or 30 seconds of the track. For example, we're going to play Queen's Somebody to Love. Well, somebody has used, and there's multiple pieces of software that'll do this, somebody has grabbed just Freddie Mercury's vocals. Hmm. 
and pulled it out. So you get to hear just that isolated track. So for every song we play during this entire, at least three, probably four show run of this topic, every song will be prefaced by an isolated track clip. So Freddie Mercury first, right into Someone to Love. Sounds like this on Rock School. Each morning I get up, I dial. Can't barely stand on my feet. Take a look in the mirror and cry. Lord, what you doing to me? I have spent all my years in believing you, but I just can't get no relief. Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Somebody to love. Coming out of Queen, Freddie Mercury, what amazes me is when you listen to isolated tracks, Dave and Monique, normally you, you kind of shake your head and go, that doesn't sound right, because the mistakes are covered by the, the music right, and right. such. Mercury's vocals are perfect. They're flawless. He is. He's, from the beginning, unbelievable. So, we're going to go into Aerosmith next, so you'll hear Steven Tyler, and you'll hear how gritty his really are, because I have oh, yeah. those isolated. Okay. It's time to record your first demo. You are a band, and you're going out, you're going to do it. So rush into the studio, right? Right. No, no. God, no. no. <laughs> do not do that. According to the DIY Musician, it's a great blog, and it has a lot more information than what I'm giving you here. Kevin Bruner, B-R-E-U-N-E-R, Bruner, Browner, I'm assuming Bruner. Uh, here are the things he says that you must consider before you enter the recording studio, period. Number one, file your form PA for published or unpublished works of the performing arts, i.e., copyright your stuff absolutely oh, yeah. not even a question you want to spend the $40 for paper filing or $35 for electronic filing now I, I've never copyrighted a song but I have oh gosh I think six book chapters I have five books I've written everything is copyrighted absolutely before it goes out to the um before it goes out to the publisher, even. Absolutely. Because there's not a question. It's, you are not going to take this from me in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. and, and and some people think that you can, you can mail yourself a registered mail right. of your song and don't open it 
that doesn't hold up in court, kids. Right. It's called a poor man's copyright. A poor man's copyright. It right. does not hold up. Right. And you can't go after what are known as statutory damages if you do that. I.e., you know, they it will hold up in court that it will find that yes, you broke copyright, but then you have to prove what money would you have made. Good luck. That's an impossible thing. Prove a negative. You right. can't. Mm-hmm. So what would happen is once you get the copyright and I prove that you stole my song, he can nail you. You know, well, you have to give him a hundred thousand dollars. Why? Because I said so. Right. Damage. <laughs> Okay, step two. Talk to your songwriting partners and or bandmates and work out whatever we have to to figure out who owns what. Oh, yeah. Because let's say Dave writes the whole song. We, we three are a band. Right. Yeah. Dave writes the whole song. Now, here's the question. Does Dave get all the royalties? Do we split the royalties three ways? What? How does it work? Because you can't just go in and record, and now you throw it up on iTunes, and darn if it doesn't get downloaded 10,000 times. Right. Now you have, what, $3,000 in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Who gets what? Are you going to split it three ways, or does Dave say, hey, I wrote it. Give me the cash. Mm-hmm. you got to come up with this thing. And it says here, do it in writing. Get a signature on it, and take it to a notary public. Yeah. And get it done. Yeah, otherwise, uh, hand, handshakes don't work in these deals. It, it, mm-hmm. that, this will break up more friendships than anything else. Right. That's what I was about to say. Don't do this and the band splits up. You're right. done. Step three, figure out who is going to be involved in the recording process. Who will do what? Who will sing what? Who will play what? Why? Because it's going to cost you between 35 and $75 an hour, some studios more. And if you walk in there and you're standing around going, okay, who's playing what? Tick, 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 tick. Tick, 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 tick. Clock is running the whole time. That's right. And the guys who are sitting there who you've hired to be producer and engineer, they're fine with it. They're getting paid whether you fight, whether you stand around and drink Jack Daniels, (laughs) or whether you are prepped and ready to go. And if you've hired studio studio musicians, the same thing. Exactly. They don't care. Mm -hmm. That's fine. We'll stand here and do nothing. So there's three. We'll come back with the other three after we play this. Aerosmith, Back in the Saddle. But first, the isolated track, Steven Tyler on vocals here on Rock School. Coming into the first break, this is what happens when you play five and a half minute songs right in a row and you have a lot of stuff to talk about. Coming into the first break, let's continue on with the six things you got to consider before entering the recording studio from the DIY musician. This is number four. When the final recording is complete, now we talked about filing a copyright. You should also file a separate form SR, as in Sam Ralph. File a form separate SR. 
Why? I have copyright. Well, a Form SR protects the sound recording of the song. Hmm. That's why it's called a Form SR. So you'll have a copyright of it, and you'll have a sound recording of it. Now, it's entirely possible, and I'm only going off of, now you probably know more about this than than I would, Dave. When I wrote book chapters, when I wrote books, when the publisher took it, he took my copyright. Yep. No, I was given X amount of dollars for it, mm-hmm. but he said, now look, I'm publishing it, I take your copyright. But the fact remained, I owned the copyright, I was the human being they came to to get the copyright. Mm-hmm. So right. if you are the band, say, Nod, and they right. own both the copyright and the Form SR, so they own the recording of it, the sound, Correct. the physical thing, when the company says, okay, we wish to have this thing, they're not going to the recording studio Mm -hmm. to give money. They're going to the band. Correct. That's what you want. Step five, if you plan on filming any behind-the-scenes footage or videos, anything like that, get permission. You can't just walk into downtown Hammond and start shooting whatever the heck you want. (laughs) Absolutely. No, you can't. No, you can't. can't. It can't be done. You have to get permission. And if you put people in your video... You, you need their permission. And it's not, yeah, man, just go ahead and put me in the video. No, no, you got to get that waiver signed. Mm-hmm. That, that's why you see things on TV with people's faces blurred out or, right. or, or uh, names on buildings blurred out, things like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I've also heard students, because I teach, I teach sometimes video editing and things like that, and they'll say, well, if they're part of a crowd shot, we can use them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't be so sure about that. It mm-hmm. depends. If you can make them out you're going to start to run into trouble. Well, they know they're on camera. Mm, Again, really gray. Watch that. And the last one, step six, get the proper licenses if you are recording any cover songs. Oh, Yeah, you got to get mechanical license, things like that. When we come out of this break, we're going to talk about a mechanical Mm -hmm. license, a synchronization license, what they are, where you get them, how much they cost, all that kind of stuff. Because you're sitting there and you say to yourself, you know, we're this great band. We're going to cover Ace of Spades by Metallica. That's going to (laughs) be, not by Metallica, what am I talking about? By Motorhead. Wow, how about that? Stop me. Stop me from making mistakes. Right. We're going to cover Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Just don't bang your head. Right, because you'll hurt your yourself right. some guy had to have a hole drilled to get blood out of his head you didn't hear that, that? yeah it's yeah. fantastic but when you do that make sure you have the proper permissions because if you sit there and you say to yourself we're just doing an homage to our favorite band you're no. going to get in legal trouble like crazy absolutely mm-hmm. who's listening to us monique KSRQ, Thiefer Falls, Minnesota. KSLU, Baton Rouge. Thanks for running the radio show. Back in a minute to talk licensing here on Rock School. Coming out of the break. All right, you are going to do your first demo. And one of the demos is going to be a cover. Now, David, Dave Perconi, yes. who has uh, been recording, you say, since the mid-1980s and working with all of this, right. you're going through this right now. Yeah. My wife and I actually recording a cover song from a singer that we like, included on a CD, and we're just getting the process started. Uh, one of the things you've got to do is is secure the mechanical license. You've, you've got to get that. Are you... You, you can't sell anything. You sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the people who wrote it, and again, don't think it's the artist 
it's it, maybe the artist did write it. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe the artist does hold permission for the song. Don right. McLean owns his own songs. Absolutely. Prince owns his own songs. That kind of thing. But Barbra Streisand owns next to none of her songs. Right. It's, it's whoever owns, whoever holds publishing. Right. Holds control. Right. Now, who do you know that does that? Do you contact that? Here's the quickest way that I found to do it, to get a mechanical license. There are many places that will sell you the license, many places that will sell you the license, but songclearance.com, is that who you're going through? Yes. Is it? Songclearance.com is the quickest one that I found. They allow you to search the song by publisher, by artist, by song. They are the face of a company called Limelight. Now, that's the company that pays out royalties to song owners and publishers. That's what you pay for. Right. Mm-hmm. The concept of, now I have this song. I've re-recorded, you know, You Really Got Me by the Kinks. Right. Van Halen did it. Mm-hmm. Now, it goes up on YouTube. It goes up on iTunes. It goes out on a CD. And darned if people don't start to buy it. Well, the money has to be distributed to not only me, but to the original author. Right. Right. Now, who's going to do that? Well, Limelight does it. Mm-hmm. That's how it's done. But you have to get the license. So Limelight knows it exists, knows it's out there, knows when it's sold. Thus, the money is sent out. And it's so much more complicated these days, too, with all the different distribution. We've got so much digital now. Right. Back in the old days, people used to do it. They would look at the album and say, oh, this is Northern Songs. We'll just write them and get permission, written permission that way. Exactly. It doesn't work that way anymore. It can't, no. not with the different ways. What oh, kind of, oh, I'm sorry. How much kind of, money? Yes. Right. Let's play a song. We'll come back. I'll tell you exactly how much money all of this is going to cost you. Dio, Rainbow in the Dark. I love Dio. Oh, I'll yeah, If we could only have 30 <laughs> seconds of just what Dio sounds like alone, we do. Sounds like this on Rock School. When there's lightning, you know it. We talked about mechanical licensing. You are recording your favorite band's cover, you know, as mm-hmm. part of your demo. You've gone to songclearance.com. And again, there's many other places that will do it. Songclearance.com was just nice enough to tell me all of the numbers, all of the money, all right. of that. They are the face, again, of Limelight, the company that pays out all the royalties. How much? It's going to cost you $15 per song. That's simply a licensed service fee. Okay. That's the, that's right up front. Look, it's going to cost you 15 bucks for us to set all this stuff up. Fine. Okay. Then there is what's known as a statutory rate set by law. This is what they have to charge. Mm-hmm. 9.1 cents per unit 
for all recordings up to five minutes. Right. right. So if you okay. record a song, it's four minutes, eight seconds. It's going to cost you 9.1 cents. Right. Now, I'm sure that 9.1 cents does not go whoop right to the publisher. Limelight takes a blip. This person takes a blip. This person takes a blip, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Now, that's before you, as the person who performed the song, who re-recorded it, gets a penny. That goes right. to them to distribute out. Mm-hmm. Okay, what if my song is over five minutes? 1.75 cents per minute if the track is over five minutes in length. Okay. So you can you can see why somebody would want the song. Have you ever noticed, and I've noticed this being a disc jockey, there are so many songs that are 4.58. Oh, yeah. Why? For, what? <laughs> right. Well, it's because if you go 5.01... The money goes up. Right. You, you have no choice. You have to spend more cash for the whole thing. So there's your amounts of money. That's really not as bad as I thought. It's not. It really no. isn't. And I got to be honest with you, the, the the idea of putting a cover song on your demo ain't so bad. No. It shows off your skill, I think at least. No, and if you don't sell any copies, it doesn't it doesn't cost you anything That's anyway. Right. Exactly. Right. And it's a good quick way, I'm sure because it's a cover, everybody knows it. Right. In an hour of studio time, bang, you have yet another and a well-known tune. You can put your own spin on it and the band likes mm-hmm. it, bango. You get it done. Now, to this point, all the songs I've been playing I've had isolated vocals. You can isolate other tracks as well, like bass guitars. Absolutely. You know the song Pinball Wizard by The Who? Absolutely. The bassist is John Entwistle. Thunderfingers. Thunderfingers. You got it. This is the isolated track, 30 seconds of it at least, of Pinball Wizard, John Entwistle, going into Pinball Wizard. Sounds like this on Rockstar. Coming out of the who here on Rock School, I think I have, and I brought, you can see how many I brought, about oh, yeah. 40 or 50 songs. I believe I have some other who, but um, I have so many. Since we're playing the who, I don't know, my, my brain always goes immediately to the Beatles after I do the who. So coming out of this, seven days and 70 seconds, mm-hmm. I'll do one where we've isolated one of the Beatles. I have, be fun. Yeah, I have uh, Paul McCartney, Oh Darling, and I have him just isolated out. He's another one where you listen to the vocal, it's right on the money. Mm-hmm. So Now always. here's a question. You have completed your demo, and I know I'm going kind of to the back, to the front, to the back, to the front, but I'm talking about licensing right now. You've completed your demo. You now want to promote it. Well, what's the way most people promote their their demos, they promote their music today? They go on YouTube. Right. 
Great. Well, we've already talked about shooting. You've got to go get permission. Yeah, I want to shoot in front of your store. Okay, well, I'll, I'll take $30 to shoot in front of my store. Here's your 30 bucks, and get permission in writing. Great. Right. But I wish to use a remake, or I wish to use a piece of music that's not my own, things like that. Ah, ah. it's a little different, doesn't it? Yes, you need certain licensing to do that, and we'll talk about YouTube and things like that after we do. Seven days, 70 seconds, these are the dates, July 7th all the way through July 13th. I believe you have Monday. Go ahead, Monique. July 7th, 1962, David Rose and his orchestra went to number one on the U.S. Singles Chart with The Stripper. Oh, yeah. July 8th, 1969, Marion Faithful collapses on the set of Ned Kelly after taking a drug overdose. She was admitted to Sydney Hospital and later dropped from the movie. A lot of people believe she took the drug overdose because Mick Jagger dumped her on the set. Wow. July 9th, 1958, Johnny Cash signed with Columbia Records, where he would remain for the next 30 years, releasing over 60 albums. Thank you, thank you. July 10th, 1968, Clapton announces that Cream would break up after their current tour. Hmm. July 11th, 1969, Space Odyssey by David Bowie was released in the UK for the first time. It was time to coincide with the Apollo moon landing. That's really cool. Yep. July 12th, 1979, American singer-songwriter Minnie Ripperton dies at cancer, uh, age 31. Stevie Wonder produced Loving You and gave Minnie her first number one single, 1975. And in July 13th, 1968, Black Sabbath plays their first gig at a small backstreet blues club in Birmingham, England. And that wraps up seven days and 70 seconds. Okay. You want to take your song to YouTube? It's not your song, though. What do you have to do? And this also goes to people who, I'm going to make a a montage of my favorite pictures, and I want to use the Celine Dion song Mm -hmm. from Titanic. Can I just use it? No. Could well, you just use could you use something else maybe yeah, besides that anything. one? Okay. I actually learned that the wrong way on Facebook. I did a little KSLU got video nailed, did you? Oh yeah. Did you get a cease and desist? Yes, I did. Yeah. I got you can't removed do that. and I messaged my husband. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, Yeah, you can't you can't do that. You can't. You get in no. trouble. How do you do it? Okay. If you're gonna put thing up on YouTube, you've recorded a, a cover, you're gonna put it up on YouTube. Well, what if it's my own song? Well then you own copyright. You're fine right. with it. Knock yourself out. No problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have a good time. But if it's a cover and you're going to put it up on YouTube, find the publisher of the song. Well, more than likely, you know that already because hopefully you have gone out and gotten a mechanical license. Mm-hmm. Right. If you haven't, again, you can use songclearance.com to find it. You can go to ascap.com. You can go to bmi.com. Those are the two huge music licensors here in the United States. Or there's another website called Harry Fox. Dot com. You're Harry nodding Fox, your head like you know it. Absolutely. Harry Fox, very helpful. They've, they've, they've got info on everyone. Find out who it is. Go to the publisher's website for information. Follow the links until you find a method of gaining permission. That's really all it is. You need to ask permission. Now, across the hall from us is a huge, about 800, 900-seat theater. And you would think that there would be you know, no concerns. It's a college. We're putting on a play. Mm-hmm. Just use the music, right? No. No. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. The guy who runs this has, has been on the show. Right. Uh, he came on the roadie show. Piece of music has to be used. He's on the phone. He's on the computer. Mm-hmm. He's in, hello, we're going to be using the song Imagine by John Lennon. And got you, to get permission. Right. You got to go right to the publisher, right to the owner. And by the way, Yoko, 
got to pay is the owner. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you got to go right to it, and we'll tell you what you need. There's a specific license that you need, and we'll tell you what that license is here in a second. If you got a, if you're playing a radio in a bar, uh, or not a radio, but if you're playing a jukebox in a bar, they've got to play pay fees. Same right. thing. You need this kind of license, and we'll tell you what that is here in just one second. And if you're a band, got to have it too. Why is this costing me money? Because it is. It's the way it's set up. Beatles, Oh Darling. But first, the isolated track of Paul McCartney. Sounds like this on Rock School. Oh, darling. Please believe me. I'll never do you no harm. Okay, continuing on with what you have to do if you want to put your song up on YouTube, or at least your cover of the song up on YouTube, Mm -hmm. you need what's known as a synchronization license. A synchronization license. How do you get it? Well, it would be nice if there was a place like songclearance.com that simply granted it to you. There isn't. Or if there is, I couldn't find it. You have to get it from the owner. You have to gain a permission. Now, sometimes it's verbal. And I only say that because the last school I used to work out, uh, what they did is they had to contact some some owners of songs. And it was simply a verbal. They said, yeah, go ahead and use it. Now, I, I can't imagine that happens very often. Oh, no. now, now, this is not something I've ever, ever done before. Now, you say the owner of the song. Are you talking about the writer, the publisher, both? The person who owns the, the rights to the tune. Okay. Now, the person at this point who owned the rights was a widow. Okay. So it wasn't a publisher, which is why I have to believe it was a verbal okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A publisher would want a piece of paper with a signature and a notary and all blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But this was a ver- this was a, a widow of the author, and she said, you know, well, what's it for? We're going to use it in a play. Oh, by all means, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it was a verbal okay. But mm-hmm. I have to believe that happens so seldom. That it's, it's not even worth bringing up. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> right. So what you have to do, and again, harryfox.com is your best place to find these the owners of these songs. It says here, more than likely, you will have to contact them over email or through a form on the publisher's website. And more than likely, you will be asked for artist and song, timing, i.e., mm-hmm. how much of the song are you using? Are you using the whole thing? Are you using a sample? Are you using a clip? Nature of use. Why are you using it? Because they have the ability to deny you if they consider it distasteful. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this an original or a cover of the song? I.e., are you using Celine Dion's version of the song? Or are you using a cover of the song that you created? Are you doing it for a profit or a non-profit thing? Now, you're going to say, well, we're a band. We don't make any money. We're non-profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same thing. <laughs> Just because you haven't made any money doesn't mean you're nonprofit. Right. More than likely, if you're nonprofit, you will have either a lower amount or sometimes they may just give it to you. Right. But don't assume. 
mm-hmm. ask that kind of thing. Uh, if you for uh, if you are for profit, more than likely you will be sent a cost that they require before it is approved. Uh, I have no idea what that amount is. You have to get that from the publisher. Absolutely, it's just that. Now, what happens if you set this thing up and you simply don't get the synchronization license license and you just do it? Well, they'll probably send you a cease and desist letter. Mm-hmm. I say probably because no one wants a lawsuit. No, but. I had a friend who was a lawyer one time who said, it takes me 30 seconds longer to sue you than write you a letter. So hmm. they could go right to legal. So don't, 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 don't chance it. Right. Some people will say, well, the heck with it. I'm just going to do it. They'll just tell me to stop if they catch me. You don't know that. Don't count on right. that. They may very well sue you straight away. So there you go. Synchronization license. Hmm. This is the one you wanted to hear. Oh, yes. This is David Lee Roth. From 1978 off of Van Halen 1, isolated track, Running with the Devil. <laughs> Rock's <right>. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I live my life like there's no tomorrow. And all I've got, I had to steal. Okay, coming into the break a little bit late. We're running out of time for the show, but I want to start talking studio time. We, we've done with the licenses. I know that's a little bit boring, but if you don't do it, that's the part that can really do damage to you legally. So yes. let's talk studio time, and we're going to get into it nice and slowly because when a lot of people think about studio time, they think, well, I have to go to a studio. Got to go to Baton Rouge. Got to go to New Orleans. Got to right. go to a studio. No, 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 no. You can, yes, go to a studio. Sure. Mm-hmm. You can build your own studio. Sure. In fact, you can do it from an iPhone, believe it or not. So, And this is one of the main reasons Absolutely. Dave is here. You've been working in studios since the 1980s. Absolutely. In fact, you even have a broadcast studio out of your own home. Sure do. Yeah. So tell us about what you've done. Well, you know, I started back in 1983 uh, when editing was done with a razor blade. You know, we had two-inch wide uh, reel-to-reel tapes, yeah. and it, it, that was state-of-the-art then. <laughs> home studios were, were not even a thing hardly at all back then. It was Home studios consisted generally of a cassette four-track. I had one of those machines. I, I did, too, a little Fostex sure. one, and, and and they had a Tascam ones back then. Sure, there was like an eight-track as well, but the tracks bled. Absolutely. I remember that. Uh, but now... Uh, with the power of computers and and things like that, it's just we've got more power in a laptop than they did an entire an, an entire studio that I would work in in 1983. Yeah, it's that we made some incredible albums, and in fact, the studio I started in was the studio that recorded Venus and Mars from Paul McCartney in the 70s. That's the studio I started in. Mm -hmm. Just remember, the entire Beatles collection, I say the entire Beatles collection, I'm sure towards the end it expanded, but the vast majority of it was done on four tracks, just simply bouncing from four-track machine to four-track machine. Absolutely. Everybody talks about, I need 157 tracks. No, 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 you you don't. don't. (laughs) No, you really don't. Look, they made Sgt. Pepper on four tracks. Exactly. Two machines just bouncing section Uh, to section to section. Absolutely, and it's a very clean record, but... 
you don't meet you don't need much you can you can build your own studio very inexpensively now that doesn't come with the experience right but you can learn it mm-hmm. exactly you can learn it are you going to make it sound like a major label record probably not yeah mm-hmm. but at least it's something right it's, you, can, you can show it off and if you own your own studio the time is unlimited absolutely oh, yeah. in fact joe you mentioned something about doing it in your iphone I brought a toy with me. Yes. This is from, uh, this is called an iRig, and it's a, you, you, if I show this to the microphone, will they say it? No. no. <laughs> um, it's it's an iRig preamp. You can actually plug in, uh, and we, we won't get into this today, but you can actually plug a condenser mic or different types of mic into this and hook it into your iPhone. iRig. That's yeah. crazy. How about that? Yes. In fact, I was going to say, there is this group, uh, One Like Sun, they recorded their entire album, Start to Show, on an iPhone using a four-track, multi-track, DAW, amp kit, and thumb jam. Uh, Guitar Jack was another one they used. They were simply apps they got off the i uh, the iTunes library system. Yeah. And the entire album, the group's called, once again, One Like Sun, and the album is called Start the Show. The entire album was recorded on an iPhone. You have to think period. that takes away from the quality, doesn't it? Wait I mean, till you you should hear it. No, it really it doesn't. Okay. I mean, it's unbelievable. You, can, you you can record and I'm not going to get into technical specifications here, but you right. can actually get into the the quality of mm-hmm. of a uh, of a big computer it, now you can't do as many tracks or anything like that on an iphone right. but yeah you get into the high quality it's pretty cool. no doubt right so what's that called again iRig. this is an iRig pre they make an iRig guitar which is like a guitar jack you can plug into that and you have you have they, they are and i have one of those at home too and it has modeling plugins that you can download onto your iphone you can make it sound like a marshall or a pv or a fender or whatever as you play your guitar into your iPhone. Unbelievable. Huh. KSCL Shreveport, they are listening to us. Who else is listening to us? Radio Universidad, Salamanca, Spain. Back hey, guys. A, back in a minute for one more break here on Rock School. Okay, final break here in Rock School, and we got to do it quick because we are late in the hour. I talked about the album One Like Sun. The album's actually called Start the Show. I found the tracks. Yeah. And one of them's called Glory Days, and we're going to finish by playing it because I can't just say to the audience, hey, go look it up. Well, you're on the radio. Ding dong, go play it. (laughs) It has great sound, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm amazed by it. We're going to finish by playing it. Here's another one. While on the road in the U.S., the Gorilla Z with a Z also spent time recording an album on the iPad as sort of a music diary. The 88 also recorded the popular hit Love is the Thing on an iPhone using a four track. There you go. So you need you kids. All right. No, we've got to get out of here because we we spent the hour. Like I said, we're going to have multiple shows on this next week. We will begin on what it's going to cost you to build your own home studio. I'm going to go from the high end amount of money. I think you're going to go from the lower end and amount of money lower to mid-range lower to mid-range but i'm going to go a little bit high because i'm of the opinion if you buy it once and you buy it serious it's going to be better but that's my thought from the album start the show here's one like sun recorded on an iphone this is glory days thank you for coming monique 
Yeah. You're here next week? Join it. Absolutely. You bet you are. Uh, class is dismissed.